Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Listen, church, listen. This is important. So all week long, all week long, I've been praying and thinking uh, about a generation here in Lubbock that would be willing to lay down their lives for God. I understand that living in the Bible Belt, guys, living in this area, there are a lot of people who simply claim Christianity. You could walk into any grocery store, you could walk into any coffee shop, and you could say, hey, how many of you are Christian? And the majority would raise their hand. Can I get an amen? Amen. You guys know that about our city. I love our city that we're able to do that. But what I've been praying for is something so much different. And you go, what's that? I'm praying for a group of people. A group of people who would be willing to follow Jesus, even if it means you won't make a lot of money in life. You won't make a lot of money. I'm praying for a group of people who would be so willing to follow Jesus that it means that you might, you might lose some of your very best friends. I'm praying all week long for a group of people so willing to lay down their lives for Jesus that you might not get promoted at work because you follow Jesus. As a matter of fact, I'm praying for a group of people who are so willing to lay down their lives here in Lubbock, Texas, that it might, listen to me, church, end up costing you your life here on earth. All week long, I've been praying that. All week long. You see, I think we're at the time and place in the world in history where we have to say enough is enough. I don't want to play church anymore. I don't just want to come and be attenders. I don't want to just go through the status. I don't want to, but come to the place where you go, Lord, I am willing to be a fully devoted follower of you. Even if it means, and then you fill in the bank. Here's why. Listen. You see, following Jesus in this life He reminds us that it's not about our life. It's about Jesus. And I want to jog your memory in our Matthew study. Do you recall both Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea? Do you remember they became disciples of Jesus and it cost them everything? You see, they woke up one morning rich, powerful, influential, and they decided to put their faith, they decided to be a follower of Christ, and guess what happened? They woke up the next morning with a zero bank account. They woke up the next morning being ostracized out of the synagogue, out of the church, out of, out of the social. This is what they did. But they were so willing to follow Jesus, they knew that. They knew. Oh, don't you touch the body of Jesus. He's our enemy. No, no, no. We're going to wrap him. We're a follower of Jesus. Okay, you're out. You're done. You're done. Do you remember that? You see, for you and I, there are times when, again, we might be confronted with these things. And is Jesus that important to you? Is he that valuable to you? Where nothing else matters. Where nothing in the world. No bank account. No big house, no job, no whatever it might be. It's all about Jesus. And that's what we're looking at. And so this morning, if you will, permit me to interrupt the Apostle Paul's testimony here in the book of Philippians because I want to hone into something specific that should help us as we look forward to 2023. You see... We all been through the pandemic. 
We've all been through COVID. We've probably all had COVID at one point or another. If it wasn't COVID, it looked like COVID. Or we felt like COVID. We've been through the masks. We've been through the vaccines. We've been through the six feet of, of, you know, don't look at me. Don't hug me. Don't smile at me. I don't. We've been through all of that. But now we're heading to 2023. And the question you go, Lord, we're still here. We're still here. What do you want from us today? What do you want from us today? Now, here's my heart. Here's my heart, church, moving forward. Around this time, many people make resolutions. They make resolutions. Okay, new year, new me. New year, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally lose that weight. Right? January 1st, I'm going to lose that weight. And January 8th, there you are eating donuts. Well, maybe next week. It, it happens. We, we make resolutions, but if you're like me, my resolutions last just about a week. <laughs> here's my point, and here's my heart. Not us. Can we agree? No resolutions. No resolutions. This year, could we just simply live by some rules? Just some rules. Some rules we take to heart that will spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our city, to our state, and to our country. We're not going to go, ah, I got a New Year's resolution. I'm going to read my Bible more. We should read your Bible. You shouldn't take a resolution to do that. Read your Bible more. Amen. Well, this year I'm going to pray more. Well, you should pray more. You don't need a resolution to do that. So we're not going to make a resolution. But we are going to, again, we're going to have the mindset. Listen to me, church. I don't care how small we are. We're going to have the mindset that we are going to Spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, remember, it is, it, the gospel is the power of salvation to anyone who believes. Did we miss that? Did we lose that? Where is that gone? Do you remember when you first got saved? Do you remember, oh, you were so in love with God? <laughs> oh, my goodness, you wouldn't take, you took your Bible everywhere. You were like, this is God. Where, where, why, where have we gone? Where have we gone? Here's the thing. It's a lot like a marriage. When you're first married, you're like, oh, I'm so in love. You hang up. No, you hang up. No, I love you. No, you hang up. (laughs) 30 years later, you don't even say love you anymore. Okay, bye. What happened to the girl that you were all in love with? Well, she's still there. She knows I love her. When was the last time you told her? Last week. did, Did I? Well, she knows. She knows. It's the same thing with us. See, when you were when you first you first got in love with the Lord, you're like, oh. and then we and then we start to grow and we start to, and it's like, oh, oh, cool. When was the last time, honestly, you had a date with Jesus? You had a date with Jesus. You and Him alone. No phone. Come on, somebody. No iPad, just you and the Bible, just you and him for an hour. Don't go to a coffee shop because if you're anything like me, you have your Bible open, you're like, hey, what are they doing here? (laughs) Wow, that's weird looking. And and I'm so distracted that if I was going to go on a date with Jesus, it should just be me and Jesus. Come on, somebody. You see, the word of God tells us And Jesus told us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, jot that down somewhere. He says this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. For what reason? And you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. What's he saying? God is calling all of us today to be his witnesses, to spread the gospel where? First and foremost, to Lubbock, Texas. Look at your neighbors. Look at all those. Hey, we, we want to win them. Well, they go to another church. Great. Partner with them to reach those that are far from God. Guys, here's the huddle. Here's the huddle. We gotta, we're in two, three break. We got to go. Where else do we got to go? Well, we got to go to Texas. We got to Texas. And the USA. And the world. And the world. That's what Jesus is saying. And you shall be my witnesses. Here's what I want you to say. Do you mind? Say, 
I'm your witness. Now don't tell me, tell him, I'm your witness. Wherever you want me to go, I'm going. And that's what we need to do. But first and foremost, in looking at this passage, he says that, that we need power. When the Holy Spirit comes in our lives, we need that power. You see, rules or resolutions, if you will, without the Holy Spirit is going to accomplish nothing. Without the Holy Spirit, I last four days in my resolution. Okay? I'm going to lose weight. My resolution is to lose weight. I'm just going to buy bigger shirts. That's all right. I'm good. Oh, you know, I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. You go, well, Ben, you're talking about rules. What, what rules? Well, I'm going to give you eight of them. And, and, and just to bless your socks off today, I actually put them on the screen so you can write them down. <laughs> can you imagine? I can't tell you how many people go, boy, you talk so fast. I, didn't, I was writing down. I put them up there. Bless your heart. 2023, new you, new me. I guess that's how it is. Okay? Yeah, don't clap. Okay, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Here's our vision. Here's our vision. You guys ready? Listen. Here's our vision for our church. Here's the goal. Here's the leadership. We want this church to be the best fed, most loved church in all of Lubbock. That's our goal. That's our vision. To be the best fed. We can't bring in the world. We have to teach the word of God. But you need to feel so loved that you never, like you walk out of here and you feel like you're all icky and sticky and drooly. Ah, they just loved on me. Ah! That's how you want. That's how I want. Just, man. I went to Calvary Chapel and all they did is hug on me. They just loved me. Yeah, that's our goal. That's our goal. Why? Because that's what people struggle with the most, guys, that they don't feel loved. They don't feel like they matter. And God has called every one of us to do that. You look for somebody and go, hey, Hey, I love you, man. I missed you. I missed you. Yeah. Come on. Come on back. Come on back. So what's the goal? The goal is to reach more, to reach people in Lubbock in surrounding areas with the gospel. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. We're not talking about sheep stealing, okay? You go to your friend and they go, well, I'm very happy at my ABCD church. <laughs> Amen. Okay? You know, I tell, tell people, go support your pastor. Amen. But if you're looking for a church, you're hungry, or you're far from God, we've got a place for you. Amen. We've got a place for you. You see, church is more than Pastor Ben up here preaching or Pastor Sove. Church is you and making somebody feel welcomed and loved. And that's what the outreach is all about. Hey, you want to go to a movie? Let's go to a movie. I want to show you this movie. This movie just blew my mind. And that's what you want to do. You see, we want to see more people make decisions to follow Christ this year than in any previous years. We want to disciple and, and, and grow more people in service for him. In service for him. You go, Ben, oh my goodness, I wish I could serve more. I can't. I, 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 I'm old or I'm struggling. But you can pray. And man, we need prayer. Think about this. Think about this. This is not in my notes. This is free. Think about this. We should be doubled in size by now. And we should have a group of prayer people praying each service outside that. Don't you think? You go, okay, I'm praying first service that God would move. And then you come to second and you have a group of second, first services going, ah, I want to pray that God would move. That God would move. That's what we need. Think about that. Think about that. We need more people in service. How do we do that? Well, we're going to pick up our story. The Apostle Paul declares, go with me, Philippians chapter 3, picking it up in verse 8. Paul writes, Yet indeed I also count all the things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is a form of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. The Apostle Paul just declared to us, Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. He says, listen, 
he counted all the things in life, all the goodies, all the stuff as rubbish. As rubbish. Here's what he says. He says, listen. He said, I suffered the loss of all things. You understand, the Apostle Paul was a prominent rabbi up and coming. And when he found Jesus, his whole life changed. Here's my question to you, church, in an honest, sincere, loving way. Has your life changed? Has your life changed? And Oh, it's all about Jesus. Could I ask you a question, church? And, and this is for me, too. Do we go to bed thinking about our Lord? And do we wake up thinking about our Lord? And I'm not saying you have to be all mushy. And, oh, yeah. I'm just saying at night, good night, Lord. I love you. Thank you. Do we count our blessings? Our blessings. We're really good human beings about taking them for granted. Oh, yeah, I ate today. Oh, yeah, I did this. Oh, yeah. I breathed today. But I would love a church that is so in love with Jesus. Man, we just keep spurring each other on to, to grow deep. Oh, oh, that's a, wow. Wow. I would love a church where people go, why did you do that? Why did you give here? Why did you serve there? What did you do? How come? And you go, because I love, I love the Lord. I can't tell you what he's done for me. I can't tell you what he's done for me. I'd love a church that we say, hey, we need volunteers. And every hand's like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And we have to turn people away. Okay, no, we got people. We're good. That's how cool it is. But it's about a love for Jesus. This is what Paul says. But here's the goal. You ready? This is your personal goal for 2023. Very biblical. Verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attend the resurrection from the dead. That's our goal. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. This is deep. Paul says, here's my goal. I want to know him. I want to know him. Church, listen to me. You don't just want to know about him. You want to know him. In the book of Acts, you guys remember, it was, it was the tongues, it was the Holy Spirit came woo, in the upper room, and we read about that and we go, oh, that would have been great. Tongues of fire. This has been revival. No, no, no. Listen, can we get to the point where we go, I, I, want to, I don't just want to read about it. I want to experience that i want to see god do that in our lives i want to see god do that you see this was paul's simple plea of his heart i want to know him if you have a pencil handy and you're not afraid to write in your book in your bible the word know is gnosko g-i-n-o-s-k-o g-i-n-o-s-k-o that's the greek and here's what it means it means to know him by experience by experience it's not a head knowledge. Oh, yeah, I know about God. Oh, I go to church. It's knowing him. It's knowing him. It's being born again. It's being a heart that's transformed. This is what he's talking about. And everybody goes, amen. Do we want to know him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Do we want to know God? Yes. In a deeper way. Amen. This is all interactive today, okay? So... I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to know him. Knowing Jesus means knowing this power, the new life that is imparted to us now and when we die. The Bible says the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is the same spirit that lives in you. The power of his resurrection. You're like, okay, cool. One commentator put it like this. He wants to know in an experiential way, the power of Christ's resurrection. That is, he wants to experience the same power that raised Christ from the dead, surging through his own being, overcoming sin in his life, and producing the Christian graces, end quote. That's what he thinks. That's I want to know him. I want to know, I want to experience him. I want to see him do incredible, crazy things. And I want to know him in his... I mean, listen, listen, when I... When I Close my eyes and take my final breath. I want to know him in his resurrection. Can we get an amen? 
I also want to know him, you ready? In the fellowship of his sufferings. Oh, wait a minute, time out. <laughs> no. I, I want to know the Lord. I don't want to suffer like him. I don't want to know him in his sufferings. That's what Paul says. Paul says that, guys, listen, we're going to suffer the same way. In this world, we're going to suffer. We're going to have, we're going to have people in the hospital. We're going to be praying for people. We, we don't know what's going to happen. But Paul says, I want, to, I want to have this koinonia in his sufferings. And you and I go, no, no, no. We've been taught doctrines where we're not supposed to suffer. Now listen, this is not the one you want to put on your marquee at the church going, Calvary Chapel, come in and suffer. You know, nobody's going to come to your church, right? It's like, I don't want that church. Tell me how good I'm doing. Tell me how great I am. But Paul, the Apostle Paul says, I knew him in his sufferings. And listen, you're going to suffer. Maybe not a physical suffering. Welcome to 2023, right? <laughs> but maybe not a physical, but maybe you're not going to, maybe you're not going to get the promotions. Maybe you're not going to, you know. We can say, in all confidence that suffering is part of our heritage as children of God. And we get to be part of the family of sufferings. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I don't like it. It's not something I wake up, oh, God, today I just want to suffer. I just want to suffer for you. Bring all the bad stuff. I, I don't want to do that. But I have to learn that when life happens, and it's because I'm a believer, and I have to give glory to God and I have to learn from it. And we have to grow in it. And he says, being conformed, being conformed to his death. Can you imagine? To know Jesus, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, that one day we might be able to die like Jesus. That's what the word conformed means. It means of similar type. Of similar type. Listen to me. Listen to me. Mark today down in your Bibles. We as believers are headed to a place where we might have to give our life for the gospel, for the word of God. It's prophesied in the word of God. We know what the new world order is. We know what new governments are coming. We know what they're going to do. Mark my words. We need to be ready. We need to be ready. Yes, God is going to protect us. God is going to love us. This is going to be cool. I get that. But can you imagine? Can you imagine for me a world where if you're a Christian, your credit is at the bottom of the barrel? You believe in the word of God? You don't get a new vehicle. You can't. Per but I got a good job. As a matter of fact, <laughs> Listen, if you don't bring up any of that Christianity stuff, if you don't say anything about Christians, if you don't say the word of God, if you don't mention Jesus, you'll have a good job. You'll get paid very well. The moment you do, we're going to have to demote you or even fire you. Listen to me, church. I'm not trying to scare you. I love you with all my heart, but that day might be coming. You see, I've had to come to and make peace with the fact that behind this pulpit, I might end up in jail one day for preaching the word of God. Because anything we say, anything we teach can be labeled as hate speech and authorities could come in here and say, you're done. If that happens, I suspect any one of you could get up here and still teach the word of God. That's the key. That's the key. You go, Ben, are you afraid to go to jail? Listen, we need to count it a privilege to do this for our Lord. And I guess I'll have a jail ministry like Paul. Y'all come visit me. It goes on in verse 12, look at your Bibles. Not that I've already attained, he writes, or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are tired, just tired? We're all tired. We're tired. We're physically tired. We're, we're emotionally tired. We're, we're, we're spent. But now's not the time to just kind of go, hmm, Paul says, listen, whew, 
It's not that I'm there. It's not that I'm there. He goes, but I'm, I'm constantly pressing on. Our goal, personally, for 2023, is to continue to press forward. Continue to press forward. Continue to press forward. Listen, church, I'm telling you right now, we've got a good church. You are amazing, wonderful people. We've got a good church. We don't got a bad product. We just need to invite other people into our family. That's all we got to do. That's all we got to do. You wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. Brother Joe Mabry and I were having lunch the other day. And the Lord came upon Joe and compelled this, this, him to invite the waitress over to, to Calvary. Gave her a card. You wouldn't believe the conversation we had. Oh, I'm not going here. It was amazing. I'm sitting there going, Wow. What did Joe do? He simply invited people into our family. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. You go, well, what other goal do I have? Okay, this is a personal goal for 2023. You ready? Verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. What's that, guys? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. If you're taking note, jot this down. Our goal in 2023 is to forget those things are behind. Can we say goodbye to 2022? Can we say goodbye to 2021? Yeah, we can. We're going to press up. We're going to forget those things. Listen, there, there were some incredible... Listen, look at you guys. There were some incredible things that happened in 2022. It's like, oh! But we love the past, but we live the future. We love, oh, great. But what does God want to do? Well, that's what it means by reach forward to those things that are ahead. What does God want to do with us, church? What does God want to do with you? What does God want to do with you? I imagine this this heavenly God going, I want to do so much in your life. I want to use you at your place. Listen, your job, your job, it's your mission field. That's where God has you. So you can grow and blind people. Wow. I didn't realize that you could know God like this. You see, I grew up in church all my life and I did and you're just and you're just living to glorify God. That's your mission field. I hate my job. I hate my mission field. Well, God will move you when it's time to move you. When your mission is complete. But where do I go? You're going to go to a new mission field. You're going to go and there's going to be a lot of people and they're going to ask you questions. And, and where do you go to church? And how come you act like that? And how come you don't want to steal like I do? Because I love Jesus. And what are we pressing on? To the goal, Paul says. The prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Okay? Guys, think about this. This is personal. This is personal. You go, again... Man, we want to know God. That's goal number one. Can I get an amen? amen? Goal number two is this. We're going to forget those things which are behind. Can you do that? The enemy comes up and he starts to just, what does he do? He starts to remind you of all your failures, all the things you've messed up on. He started, just, no, You know what? Today you go, I'm letting go of those things. I'm letting go of those things. I'm letting go of those things. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. Can I tell you this? Listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. Escucha, listen. That's Spanish for listen. In case you didn't know. It's not going to be easy. I wish it was. I wish we'd go, oh, forget the past. Let's go forward. It's, it's, it's a battle. You're about to enter into the wrestling match of your life. The closer you're going to walk with Jesus, the harder life is going to be. I'm telling you. Everything will come in. Blindsided by, I'm like, where did that come from? How did this happen? <laughs> wow. That's okay, because God got his armor around you, and he says, we want to move forward. We want to move forward. What for? The upward call. The upward call. Listen, I'm praying that every one of us would make that commitment to follow Christ even if it means laying down our lives, even if it means we're not going to be rich one day, even if it means, listen to me. I know I've, 
I know I speak for Soph and the other leadership. We do not want just another church in Lubbock. We don't want just, a, okay, it's filled three times. Let me just, let me just preach a, a lovely sermonette. Let me just tickle and, and make sure you all are happy. Everybody's happy. Let's be happy. That's not our goal. Our goal, again, guys, is to say, let's take a group of people who are so serious about God that they're willing to lay down their lives and say, man, what, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. We need to be so in love with the Lord that we're encouraging each other, that we're blessing each other. We need to be so encouraging and so loving that we can go to a brother and say, how's your walk with God this week? Oh, man, that's a, oh, it's been tough. It's been tough. I got you, man. I know. Hey, man, hang in there. We need that encouragement. We need that encouragement. When somebody new comes in here, we just, we just love on them and encourage them. We'll let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does and just bless them. That's the call. That's the call. Now, for the remainder of our time, let's, let's talk about church. Let's talk about the church and um, the rules we're going to live by. Eight of them. Eight rules as a church. Okay? And these are going to help you, and I'm going to put them, they're going to be on the screen, so, so bless your heart. Um, the very first rule as a church that we need to live by, you ready, is this. As a church, we need to see our failures as new beginnings and not as an end. And let's keep that up there till the next one, Josh. This is what we need to do. We as a church need to see our failures as new beginnings and not as an end. January, for most churches, are new beginnings. We look back over the last 12 months and see how they impacted us. And if we're honest, here's what we do. We dwell on our failures as a church more than we did in any other month. We don't focus on what God did in our lives. We focus on our failures. And some failures are big and others are small. But let me tell you what failure as a church tends to produce. You ready? It tends to immobilize us. Hey, let's get together. How was last year? Well, you know, we tried this or we tried that and that didn't go well. And, and we, were, we were, you know, oh, we had an opportunity. Well, we didn't really go on that opportunity. And man, ooh, mm, mm. And when stuff doesn't work, we withdraw under the file that we'll never try that again. We'll never try that again. And let me say this. Oftentimes, failures produce fear. I failed. I failed. But yet, God wants us to step out in faith. He wants us. And if we fail to learn, then we keep moving forward. We keep moving forward. But we need to analyze the things that we did. We need to analyze. Now, listen to me. Listen. Sometimes a pastor or a church will look at failure when a group of people or a few come in and go, oh, maybe the Calvary's not my place to be. And, they'll, and they leave and they go find another church. Oh, what are we doing? We're just, I can't believe this. We were, we were getting packed. Now we're not. I don't know what's going on. But that immobilizes us, guys. It, it stops us in our tracks. And we're, fear, we're, fear, we're afraid to try anything else. We're afraid to try anything else. I remember a quote from the movie Top Gun. Not, not this past one, but the original one. Back when we were all a lot younger. And I believe it applies here. Here's how the quote goes. The the it goes like this. I was going to tell you, I, I don't know the name of the, they're telling Tom Cruise. He says, a good pilot is always compelled to evaluate what has happened so he can apply what he's learned. That's one of the quotes at the end of the movie. Okay. And I thought, that's a great quote for us. How so? A good church is always compelled to evaluate successes and failures so they can apply what they've learned. Listen, in the world, we have to push it. And Why? Because the stakes are high. The stakes are high. 
You see, nobody, nobody wants to talk about hell. Nobody wants to talk about a place that somebody's going to go without Christ. Nobody wants to talk about that. And if we're truly honest with ourselves, God is so amazing and so gracious and so good, it's hard for us to comprehend that anyone, that he would allow anyone to go to hell. Notice I didn't say send anyone to hell. But that's our attitude. We're like, God is so good, man. He's going he's to save everybody. But unfortunately, we need to realize that Jesus talked more about hell than, and, and money than anything else. There's a place. And what that should do in our hearts is go, man, I don't want anybody to go there. I don't want anybody to go there. It's a real place. That's how high the stakes are. Remember what Paul said, forgetting what's behind. Don't let the past failures define you. Starting today, we're going to try and see. And if we fail, then we learn. It's a new beginning. Well, Pastor Ben, what if we only get 50 people to the movies? Is that a failure? But we're not going to get a 50, are we? We're going to get 149. It's going to be packed out. And we're going to see people get saved because they're going to see and talk about Jesus in a real way. In a real way. As a church, as Calvary Chapel, can we agree that we're going to make mistakes moving forward? Can we agree? For you see, it's in the trying that we learn. Let us not be afraid of failure. And I want you to remember this. Failure is an event, never a person. You are not a failure. Failure is an event. Notice the difference between what happens when a man says to himself, I have failed three times, and what happens when he says, I'm a failure. Big difference. Big difference. Rule number two. You guys ready? Rule number two. We need to take risks. He's going to put it up there. Go ahead, number two. We need to take risks, church. If we don't, then we'll never know what God wanted to do. We need to take risks. Okay? Here's why. We are creatures of comfort. We're creatures of habit. All y'all sit in the same spot every time. You don't move. This is my spot. We're creatures of habit. I get it. If we go to a conference, if we go to a conference, you'll find the seat, you'll stay there, and the whole conference, you'll go to that same seat. And if somebody comes in, they'll be like, oh, I was sitting there yesterday. Right? This is how I know when you're not here. I look at your seat. Oh, they're not here. You go, Ben, what's your point? When we become creatures of comfort, it's hard to take risks because the unknown is super hard. And you go, well, Ben, what do you mean take risks? You ready? Write down this. We need to step out in faith. We need to step out in faith. Okay? Step out in faith. Do more for God. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to be on the offense. I want us to be on the offense. How are we going to get the gospel out? You see, many times we're so locked into, oh, well, that doesn't work, and this doesn't work, and we don't have the budget for this, and we don't have that and that, and we just kind of go, that was nice, but but what what if God wants to do something crazy? Now, let me ask you a question. Is it crazy to think that that somebody in Lubbock, Texas could give us a building? Is it crazy? Yes, you guys, come on. It's not crazy for God to do that. God, somebody could call that phone and go, hey, pastor, I heard you on the radio. Listen, I want to bless you. We have this building. We'll just give it to you. But none of you believe that. I don't believe it. I want to believe it, but who would do this? This Nobody's going to give us a building. But see, that's the point. We're, We're back in our comfort zone. Hi, we'd like to rent that building. Well, we don't... We don't have that much money. And what if God wants to do something crazy? You go, well, what if, I mean, not even a building. I mean, just think about what he wants to do. What if God wants to radically save your best friend, your family, your coworker, somebody you meet at the grocery store? 
radically. Hey, can you do me a favor? This year, I want you to pray. Once you get in the car, pray what grocery store God wants you to go to. Don't just go to your... Lord, where do you want me to go? Well, I normally go to Walmart, but I'm going to go over here. Why? Because God wants to use you in a crazy way. But you have to pray. You have to pray. Think about this. You've seen it out here in the cafe. It says what? Love God, love people, live radically. One of the sub-core values is this. As a church, we will go deeper and pioneer with our faith in God. We will take aggressive steps of faith, launching into deeper waters so that God can do more. God can do more. You understand that? We need a pioneer. Now, let me tell you where I am as your pastor. As your pastor. Okay? We've seen some amazing growth over 2022. Now, some folks are sick. Some people have to work. But we've seen some amazing growth. We've seen some folks uh, come in. We've seen some folks leave. That's cool. All of that. We've had some folks pass. I understand that. But the one thing I know, and the leadership talks about in... And, uh, we talk about eventually getting to the place where we would have to do two services. Why would you do two services? Two services are based upon parking and children's ministry and, and just the general people in here. You understand that. You go, Ben, I look around, there's a lot of blue chairs. We don't have to do two services. But what if we do get to the point where we're doing two services? Let me share you my heart. I don't want to do two services. I'm very comfortable right here. I'm very comfortable with all of us in the same building. You know what happens when you do two? You sort of, you sort of, yeah. Why well, go to first? Why well, go to second? Why well, go to third? Well, let's get everybody together. Well, no. But what if we have to? What if we have to? What if God wants us to do that? So, you, what do you pray for? I'm praying for a bigger building. We put more chairs. Now we all, stay, we all stay as a family. And we can annoy and bug each other on every Sunday like we do. <laughs> Let me share a story with you guys. Let me share a story. When we started this church, we met in a clubhouse of the apartment building we're renting. A clubhouse. You go, you did? Yeah, we met there. And we kept looking. And we kept looking believing that God wanted to do more. Yeah, who, who's going to come to a church in a clubhouse? But we had five or six people, and there we were in Calvary Chapel, boom, started. And then we went looking, and we found this place. It was an old, it was an old storefront called the Ceramic Cottage. It was 2,400 square feet, and it needed a lot of TLC. Do you know what I mean? A lot of TLC. I remember walking in with Nathalie, and Nathalie's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> And I said, well, don't look at it for what it is. I mean, look at it what it could be. A lot of elbow grease. And she's like, oh, I don't know. Well, we took a risk. I said, yeah. You know what the rent was on that first building? $700. You know how many people we had coming to the church? Two. Uno, dos. <laughs> Just kidding. We had a little bit more. But I know what? We had no money. We had no money. We had no money. And all of it, and this is, I'm telling you, this is $700 a month plus the deposit. I'm looking at the, and somebody at that time, unbeknownst to me, dropped $1,000 in the box. We had our money. This is true story. True story. So we stayed there for two years. That's when Sophie and Yvonne, I'm, ask Yvonne. She was there helping us paint that ceramic cottage where they first came. There we are. Oh, where, hey, Yvonne, how's it going? Hey, okay, we're trying to make this look pretty. Our cafe held two tables. Do you remember that, Yvonne? <laughs> One bathroom, two tables. That was probably a good time to give up and go home. I was be like, we're done. It's not going to work. But no, but then we kept looking. And then I got wind that there was a building. There was a church building for sale. <gasps> I went to look at it. So, oh, this could work. So I brought the leaders. Soph, you remember going over to that. We went over there, okay? And we prayed. We gathered on the steps. We prayed, Lord, this would be great. This would be great. This would be, be amazing. It's got classrooms and everything. It's going to be a good. And they came back and said, no. I'm not going to sell it to you. I'm not going to rent it to you. And we stepped out in faith. Guess what? Then I found out that this building right here, there was a church in it that they were moving out. Really? They're moving out? 
Wow. Um, we had no money. No, um, this is a true story. We had no money. I wasn't on staff. I was still working a job. And um, we rented this place. We had no money. You understand that? When I say no money, it wasn't like, oh, well, you had... No. That week, when we made the decision to come here, somebody dropped $20,000 in the, in the agape box. Enough for us to build out this. To put carpet, to do everything we did. I'm telling you. The only people here, Sophie and Yvonne, remember that. And here we were again. <laughs> All right. You know, and, and, and God would bring specific people for specific moments and then they would take them away. But we built it out. We built it out. And now, listen to me, church. We've become real comfortable. We're going, this is nice. You've got chairs, you're comfortable. We have two bathrooms now. There you go. Three, if you use the children's ministry. I mean, we're good. We're good, Francis. No. It's a nice church. But what if God wants to do more? Do we have enough faith that God could do it? Hudson Taylor, a great man of faith who founded the China Inland Mission Integrated Faith and Risk, he says, unless there's an element of risk in our exploits for God, there's no need for faith. So we need to take aggressive faith, steps of faith, launching into deeper waters so what God could do more. God do more. Starting today, we need to take risks. We need to step out in faith. We need to trust the Lord. If we make a mistake, we're grown-ups to go, we made a mistake. If we, um, if, we if, if God moves it to raise men up that are not pastors and we make a mistake, we go, oh, we made a mistake. That, that wasn't a pastor. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. We don't go, oh, you did that? Oh, no. Well, what happened to so-and-so? We just keep moving forward. We just keep moving forward. We need to raise up, guys, leaders. We need up high-capacity volunteers. And we, look, we need greater opportunities to get the gospel out. How cool would it be that we do, the, we do the outreach at the movie theater, we go right into Easter, and we make Easter just a huge outreach? I, I mean, this is, this is what we need to do. That's number two. Let me give you number three. I need to move pretty fast on these or else we'll be here till 2024. Rule number... <laughs> don't whistle. Rule number three. You ready? Always do more than, it's, than expected. In other words, under promise and over deliver. You guys see that? Under promise and over deliver. Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Do you see that? That's a good place to whistle, Joe. Thank you. We are going as a church to always do more than we put what people expect. Our witness as a church has to be we under-promise and over-deliver. Under-promise and over-deliver. And you go, why? Because our goal is to show people that we have a real relationship with Jesus. So always under-promise. If you can do it, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't overdo it. Always under-promise and over-deliver. And people go, wow. Wow. Number four. You ready? Jot this down. Assume nothing and question everything. Assume nothing and question everything. Now, this is an interesting rule. You go, what do you mean? To assume nothing. God is moving in different ways to grow his kingdom. We need to evaluate our culture to win them to Christ. Oftentimes, when the church gets our age, guess what? We just turned 19, so we're not quite an adult, but we're not a kid anymore. When we get to be 19 years old, listen to me, church, we tend to question nothing. You go, what do you mean? We run alongside the status quo. But what if we had a change in the mindset and you, we assume nothing? You go, Ben, how does that work? Well, here's how we apply it. There's a forbidden phrase that we're taught not to use. You ready? It's this, our people won't. 
Our people won't. Some variations include, my team would never, my staff won't, our volunteers don't, or my kids don't, or my kids won't. Anytime we as a church begin, and I'm, I'm like king of that, okay? I've been here long enough, it's like, well, let's try this. Well, we've tried that, or my staff won't, or my, I'm good at that. But anytime we use that, guess what I'm doing? We're casting blame. We're casting blame. You don't have to agree so loud, Joe. <laughs> our job this year, our job this year is to we're assume nothing and question everything. Let's not roll with whatever we've done in the past, but begin to question, hey, does God really want us to do Does God really want us to do this? Does God really want us to do this? Move forward. So, so we're just not going to assume, well, that's never worked before. Ask Soph, ask Yvonne. We have passed out flyers in this neighborhood how many times? Knock, 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 knock. Hey, we're at church. Uh, and then somebody comes and goes, hey, you know what we need to do? And we go, yeah, we've done it. Okay. Knock yourself out. Well, you're not excited about it. Well, I mean, no, that's the point. That's the point. We've already, we've, we've already been immobilized at that point. Let me give you number five. Make peace with the past. Make peace with the past. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. You shall not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So what do we need to do? Often in our lives, we will not allow the past, or we will allow the past to dictate our future. For you see, we haven't really made peace with our past. And that's what Warren Wearsby says. He says this, quote, Why were the former days better than these? Don't say that. You do not move ahead by constantly looking in the rearview mirror. The past is a rudder to, the guide, to guide you, not an anchor to drag you. You must learn from the past, but not live in the past. In the past. Can I tell you very quickly what we, used, we tried for growth? Let me tell you. You wouldn't believe some of the things that we tried for growth. One year, we passed out 1,000 cards for Easter. We went out to the mall. We gave 1,000 cards out, inviting people to church. Okay? The next year, we actually, one of the years, we got in the 4th on Broadway parade, and we were in the parade... Thousands upon thousands of people saw Calvary Chapel. We also passed out a thousand invite cards. One year, one year, we, we printed a full page flyer. You know how you get on Tuesdays where you get all the, all the ads? We, we got one of those and we, we sent it to over 20,000 homes in Lubbock. 20,000 homes in Lubbock for Easter. And guess what? One time for Easter, we offered free portraits. Hey, bring mom and dad, come in there. You're going to get a free portrait, 8 by 10. Oftentimes, we would offer free food in between services. Hey, we're going to have a pancake dinner. We did all of this for growth. Bring people to church. You know what? It's time for us to make peace with the past and get ready for what God wants to do. Once again, this, this works both in our personal life and in our church. Make peace with the past. Let me give you number six. Ready? This is a big one. Stop overthinking things. Do I have any overthinkers in the room? <laughs> a lot of you are over. Okay. You can jot this down. This is known as the paralysis of analysis. The paralysis. And this refers to rule one, two, four, and five. So many times... We overthink what God wants us to do. We think about it, we think about it, we think about it, we think about it, then it's too late, and we're on to moving on to something else. I'm very good at overthinking and somewhat procrastinating. Oh, I don't know if God wants to do it. I don't know. Uh, Craig, does God want it? I don't know, Craig. I don't know. Let's see. And then, and then the, the opportunity passes us, and I missed it. I missed it. 
you know what? What does stepping out in faith mean? If, you know, hey, wait, let's let's just 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 go. Well, what does it mean to overthink something, to think too much about it and then do nothing? Because then you never step out in faith. You never step out in faith. Did you know that overthinking doesn't solve any problems? And oftentimes it causes depression. You're like, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Guys, it's a new year. It's a new beginning. Our job, you ready? Is to seek God and be satisfied with what he, what, what he wants to do. Amen? Let me give you number seven. You ready? This is a good one. Never compare ourselves to others. Never compare ourselves to others. We are who God made us for his glory. We need to recognize that God has purposely made us the way we are for his glory. Okay? At Calvary, we have very clear distinctives. We are not like other churches. You understand that. Okay? God planted us here for a reason. Here's something you didn't know. In 19 years ago, Ben and his family loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly Hills, that is. You know, here we come. Okay? And I didn't know that two other people had tried to start Calvary's before I got here. I found out later, oh yeah, we, we tried to start a Calvary and we did this. And I was like, what? Here's the point. I know that God called us here. He's using us. And God planted us here for this reason. You go, what's our distinctive? You ready? Expository teaching. We're going to teach verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. That's what we're going to do. Okay? Occasionally, we might have a, a, a special series. Hey, we're going to talk about Christmas. We're going to do this. And third, guys, we're going to give tools to build his kingdom. Okay? Can I give you three reasons why we shouldn't care, compare ourselves to any other church? Number one, here it is. Other churches' so-called perfection is an illusion. They all have the same struggle we do. They all have the same struggle. We don't need to compare ourselves. Oftentimes I'm asked, well, did you hear about this church? And I say, you know what, I have enough to worry about this little church. I don't have time to worry about somebody else's church. God's dealing with them. Number two, let me give you a reason we shouldn't compare. And this works in life too. Life isn't fair. Is life fair? And let me say this. Comparisons turn friends and allies into rivals. Listen to me. We are not in competition with any other church in Lubbock. We're here to build his kingdom. His kingdom. We're not here to build Calvary Chapel and we have, we, you know, mega church in Lubbock, 45,000 people. That's not our goal. What's that going to get us? You know what our goal is? To build his kingdom. His kingdom. Guys, we have our radio program going to 72 radio stations across the United States. We will not know this side of heaven how that impacted. And, and, and if people knew the size of our church in Alabama, they might be like, what? But it doesn't matter, does it? Because it's going out. It's going out. Number eight. Number eight. Teach others what you know. Teach others what you know. This one rule we need to live by this year, it's called discipleship. Now let's break this down for just a moment. It was William A. Ward who had said, the mediocre teacher tells. The good teacher explains, the superior teacher demonstrates, but the great teacher inspires. Isn't that a great quote? 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things which you have heard from me, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. You go, what does that mean? We need to teach others what we know. How does that work? Guys, there's got to be a time where we move forward. We need to move forward. How? We need to connect with people. That's the most important thing. People need to feel loved. They need to feel connected. They need to feel like they're a part of something. Guys, we need to, we need to connect. We need to grow. How so? With pastoral care, discipleship, conferences. How are we going to serve? You know, high capacity volunteers, service teams. 
Listen, do you realize that we should have a creative team? A creative team led by a leader that, that is just so creative that Ben's not running back and forth to the sound booth to make sure that the, 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 the video works. We need a creative team. You go, what else? We need, we need, we need youth. This should be a youth-led service. Kids, our kids' ministry. We need kingdom builders. We need assistant pastors. We need team leaders. You go, Ben, what if we make a mistake? What have we learned? We, we can learn from our mistakes and we can move forward. We can move forward. So there you have it. There you have it. Our goal for 2023. But let me just say this, okay? I'm going to have the ushers come up in just a moment because we're going to partake in communion. But I need, here's the thing, guys. I've given you rules to live by, not resolutions, but I've got to tell you, I need your help. I need your help. We have to be ready for growth. We have to be ready. We have to be ready. You go, what are some goals? You ready? Here's our goals. I sat down with the leadership the other day and I said, give me your goals. Give me your goals. And one of the, one of the leaders said, well, we should have at least 200 people, 200 adults by the end of 2023. And another leader said, you know what? God's bigger than that. We should have 500 people. We should have 500 people. Guys, we have 130 chairs in here. We should, have, we should, we should be able to be pushing that. Be pushing that. Why? Because it's not about church growth. It's about inviting people into our family. It's about a generation of people out there that we're laying down our lives for to see them get saved and see them grow. And see them grow. What does that require? You ready? It requires trust. It requires sacrificial giving. Why do you call it sacrificial giving? Because it's not that you have 14 million in your bank account and you go, yeah, I could give them a few bucks. Sacrificial goes, I don't have this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see that, that we could do this. We could do this. Any, the reason we got real comfortable as a, as a church, guys, is because any new building we get is going to cost us probably fifty to 100000 to build out. That's just today's prices. And I know what you're doing. You're looking around going, uno, dos, tres, cuatro. A hundred thousand. Is God God or not? He's giving you all jobs. We can do it. We can do it. But that's not what we're about. Listen, I'd rather stay in this location and just love people and have 15 services out of here than to ever go anywhere bigger and, and lose people. You understand that? You understand that? That's not what this is about. But what it is about going, okay, how are we going to get the gospel out there? How are we going to get the gospel? How are we going to teach? How are we going to teach? How are we going to do this? Because we're going to live by some rules. And I need your help. And I'll tell you why. Listen, don't tell anybody, okay? Don't shh, shh. I'm the biggest growth stopper there is. What do you mean? Until I trust and we grow and we build a team, I... It all stops here. But once we do that, once we trust, and once we sacrifice, and once God can go, okay, the inside of the engine is running great. The outside looks great. Let's go. Here's why. Listen, listen, here's why. Because, because, not that we're competing with any other church. That's not what we're about. But we've got about 200,000 people who are far from Christ. Statistically, 50,000 people go to church every Sunday. But we live in a town of 250,000. So what are we doing? You know, would it be crazy to add a service for those that work at the hospital and can't make it Sunday morning because they're workers, but they can make it a Monday night? Would that be crazy? No, you got, we got to think like that. Okay, how are we going to reach people? How are we going to reach people? But it takes sacrificial giving and sacrificial serving. I'll show it, Pastor. I'll do it. 
I'll do that. I'll be security. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do this. Trusting God every step of the way. Can I get an amen? We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.